Hello, this is one of our old episodes where our sound quality isn't quite so good and we're a bit amateur. <laughs> yeah, now we're pros and we've spoken about a lot more things and our sound quality is a lot better as you can hear currently. Yes, yeah, so enjoy the show anyway. Thank On you. the show. <laughs> Welcome to... The Curiosity of... A Child. This week I introduce Anton to a spice... And on Anton Investigate, I look at dolmens. And we perform Brain Surgery. Welcome to our podcast. It's a father and son team. Yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to investigate things that we find interesting. So I hope that you do too. It's our very first time recording. Hopefully there won't be too many mistakes. Yeah. First up, Spices. Now, this is a feature that we've actually been planning for a while before even recording the podcast, um, where Anton is going to taste different spices and kind of uh, give his thoughts on them. Then I will give a bit of a rundown of the history. So what I've prepared is two little bowls with a spice in which Anton doesn't know what it is yet. So let's begin, shall we? I'm going to reveal them. very excited. Do you want to have a smell? What do you get? I don't really recognise it. I feel, I feel that it? I should. It's quite, well, it smells a bit like sweets and all, actually. Or maybe it's slightly coriandery. Okay, do you want to have a taste of this one? This okay. got a little bit of oil here just to help the flavour come out. Yeah. Uh, see you. Do you know what it is? Have a guess. I don't know. Okay, um, and. Can I just have a little bit? Yeah, you can try that one too. And what colour is it? What's it look like? Uh, it's a pale, very pale orange, actually. Yeah, it's quite a strong colour, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, do you know what it is? Oh, I got the taste in it. I'm not sure. Is it a curry? I use it in curries. Cumin? No. Turmeric. Oh, turmeric. Yes, and let's uh, go into some history of the spice. Turmeric is actually a member of the ginger family of plants. And uh, I've got a picture of it here. Um, and I think it looks quite a lot like a pot plant. It's got large, broad leaves and lots of flowers on it. Yeah, bright orange flowers. Nice leaves as well, actually. Yeah, I could imagine that in somebody's house. And it's actually been used for over 5,000 years in various ways. Right, the spice is actually made from the roots, which are boiled and dried, then ground into a fine powder. It can also be used fresh. And what's funny is that they're actually gingerer and ginger. The plant grows in the Indian subcontinent and also in Southeast Asia, so that's Vietnam, Thailand, the Philippines, Christmas Island, etc. That's where Santa goes on holiday. <laughs> but the exact origin is unknown, but it's probably in India, but there are many related species of plant growing throughout the area. One of the most distinctive features of turmeric is its amazing bright orange colour. So it's not only used as a flavouring in cooking, but also for food colouring. And it's actually one of the E numbers, which is say, and it's E100, which is the very, very first E number. And I've got some M&Ms here, which you can probably hear rustling around. So if I open them up and pour some out, I imagine it's used in the orange ones, maybe the yellow ones, perhaps the red ones. It's even used for dyeing clothes. So if you look at the photo I've got here, Anton, of some Buddhists, I mean, what colour are their robes? They are turmeric orange. They are, they're quite similar, aren't they? The problem is it doesn't actually make a particularly good dye because the colour washes out. Like many herbs and spices, it is also believed to have had medicinal qualities 
and has long been used in Ayurvedic medicine. And it was first developed about 2,500 years ago in India. They say that suppressing natural urges or desires can lead to illness. And if you search online, you'll also find lots of articles and blogs stating that turmeric is some kind of wonder ingredient that can improve everything brain functioning, lower the risk of heart disease, help prevent cancer, etc. Now, all of these are bold claims, but there isn't really that much clinical evidence to back them up. I use it mostly for its culinary qualities, such as when I'm making curries. It's got a slightly earthy, mustardy flavour, doesn't it? Yeah, it does actually. It's like, like it's the roots of the ginger. It's not just used in curries, because I mean, due to its strong colour, it's also used in ice cream, cakes, uh, popcorn, sauces, and way more things. Popcorn? Yeah, so maybe just to, you know, you have that sort of yellowy colour in some popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's used in loads and loads of different things, and it would have been spread and carried far and wide by the spice road. It reached China by about 700 CE, then East Africa 100 years later, and then West Africa 500 years later. So why do you think it took so long to spread across Africa compared to reaching China? Maybe was it because it's dry, or the land, or the terrain? Yes, probably from the terrain, because back then it was much faster and easier to travel by sea than it would be over land. It came to Europe about 1300 thanks to Arab traders, and was also mentioned by Marco Polo. Now he was an Italian merchant and explorer, and in the 1200s he went all the way to China. Probably one of the first Westerners to make that trip. He came back with lots of amazing stories, some of which are thought to be more myth than fact. Wow. Yeah, and he, he was actually really impressed with turmeric, and he compared it to saffron, and it was also known for a while as Indian saffron. It's currently in the news, but not for good reasons. Its latest chapter is not such a happy one. It was discovered in a 2014 Stanford University study that turmeric in Bangladesh contains very high levels of lead. You know what lead is? Yeah, lead's like a poison. <laughs> yeah, it's a metal. It's poisonous. Yeah. And some people say that lead's responsible for the fall of the Roman Empire. It can have very serious health effects. Now, the researchers who uh, discovered this thought that the lead must have been getting into the plant naturally. But it seems that it's being put there deliberately. It's actually being added to the spice. Who by? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So I've got a quote here from Jenna Forsyth, who's one of the researchers. And I'm going to put on my quoting voice now. We went into this thinking that perhaps there's a source of lead in the environment. Maybe it's the soil. Maybe it's lead soldering in the pipes. When you see that it's actually lead that's been added to the food, it's added directly to something that's being consumed. That was just shocking. Now, the lead that was found in the turmeric was actually part of a yellow pigment. So presumably that was being used to improve the colour. Well, how can you improve the colour of the turmeric? Because it looks really lovely anyway. I know, that's exactly what I thought. So I don't know if it's because maybe it's a poor quality turmeric. Maybe it was like a really dull, whitey turmeric or something. So hopefully, for the sake of people in Bangladesh, there'll be some regulation put in place to actually stop this happening again. It's yeah. horrible, really. Yeah. Deliberately putting a poison to give it more colour. Yeah, so they can probably sell it for more money or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's horrible and thoughtless. And that is the history of turmeric. What do you think of it? Uh, it's really amazing, actually. I was not expecting that. And I know I said it so many times, but then the lead poison <laughs> yeah. hit in. And, that's and a shame the that that's one of your main takeaways very, from it. But also, all the 
well, all the plants and colours and how it used to be used as dye and its, its roots from a plant. Yeah, it's been used for centuries. Yeah, thousands of years. Thousands, yeah. Millennia. Anton investigates dolmens. So, what is a dolmen? Well, a dolmen is a megalithic structure built from large capstones supported by two or more upright stones. The oldest European dolmens are found in Brittany, northern France, and date back to 5000 BCE. They are also found in North Africa, Asia, and particularly in Korea. There are many dolmens in Guernsey dating back to 4000 BCE, most of them in the north which at the time was a separate island. They were usually graves or tombs, but sometimes places of worship. Deu Dolmen was purchased by Jean de Havilland for £4.05. £4.05? I'm guessing that was purchased a while ago then. Yeah, it was 1800s. Okay, so property prices back then were much more reasonable than they are today. <laughs> yeah. So have you visited any dolmens? Yes, we have actually done a live recording in one. So let's go and have a listen. We just walked down to the dolmen, which is probably the best dolmen in Guernsey. And uh, it look, actually looks like an old um, kind of little hobbit house, if you think <laughs> of the Lord of the Rings. It's actually a lovely hot day. So Anton, what do you think of it on your first impression uh, of the outside? I, I, it's actually bigger than I expected. And it's, it's almost like a mountain in a way. It's a big hill. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got earth all over it. It's really, wow. Yeah, so we've not been inside yet, but around the outside there's lots of um, stones which are probably about a metre high, kind of standing up all around the edges, and also a, a uh, stone wall. So these would be granite, and they're covered in lichen, and there's lots of grasshoppers around. Yeah, lots. Do you think we should go up on top and see what's there? Yeah, let's climb up it, see what the view's like from the top. I don't know if people would have kind of used that as a lookout point or something, but it's certainly yeah, maybe, the maybe highest not, thing around. Maybe not in um, Stone Age or anything like that, maybe like Celts or Romans. So we're at the entrance now, and there's a small little door, because it's, um, which is obviously a modern fitting. Now, it was excavated uh, between 1837 and 1847, and it was also re-excavated in 1932. Um, and they found a lot of discoveries here, such as old pots and things, some of them dating back uh, maybe three and a half thousand years. So now we're going to go inside, so after you. Oh, this is cool. You're going to really duck down. I mean, I'm short and I'm having to duck right down here. Yeah, it actually is. Look, shall we go into that little chamber to the left? It's a really narrow chamber here. Oh, this, yeah, this is a creepy in this bit. Okay, that is a small passage. I'm not sure what that would be useful. And there's actually, as you come it's through the entrance, on each side there's several passages, so always like little rooms. Um, yeah. Then in the middle of the main passage is a standing stone. Um, then if you look up at the ceiling, there's large uh, capstones here. Yeah, sometimes they weigh 10 tons. And also there's some sort of paintings. Oh, no, oh look, there's a face. Yeah, there's the face here. Um, it's actually carved into the rock. and. Uh, it's, it's quite crude, but it still has real character to it. And uh, there's lighting set up in here so we can see it. And there's also meant to be some sort of other paintings in here. 
of, uh, sort of wild animals. Yeah. You can probably also hear, hopefully, that the acoustics are very different here to outside where it's not much of an echo, but there's a bit of one. Yeah. So how do you feel in here? I mean, this is made thousands of years ago. I mean, what do you feel like? Oh, uh, yes. It's actually a little bit spooky. Yeah, a bit spooky? Yeah. You gonna put the lights back on? Yeah. And, um... It's really spooky, actually. I think this is actually a burial place as well. So, uh, somewhere in here... Was it two skeletons? Two skeletons. I think it was in that smaller chamber that we went... Out. Yeah, the side chambers near yeah. the entrance. And we actually found them buried with lots of limpet shells. Oh yeah, that was so, strange actually, wasn't it? And then they actually helped to preserve the bones. I don't know if they understood that at the time, or if that was just lucky. It's much cooler in here compared to the outside, but it is like a man-made cave, so... I'm trying to think how high it is. Probably about less than two metres high when you're inside. Uh, but the mound of earth outside is much higher. So there's a considerable amount of weight there. And now we're going to return to the exit. Is that light? Let me just turn off the lights. Like so. It just plunges it back into darkness. And out we go. Past the little hobbit door. And mind your heads. So now you've seen the impressive dolmen. Are you um, amazed at what people were able to build so long yeah, ago? Yeah, I'm surprised. How did they move the stones and stuff? And how do they? How has it not collapsed? Because there's a massive, almost like boulder of ground on the top of it. It's pretty impressive, isn't yeah. it? Do you think when we're down the beach and we're moving yeah. uh, different rocks and things there, how heavy they are? And those are tiny yeah. compared to these. So it must take a lot of people. So whoever was buried here. It's presumed that they were important people. Yeah. I wonder where they came from as well. Maybe we could try to find that out. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. I imagine a lot of it's lost to history, unfortunately. Because this was a long time ago. This is long before Romans would have been around or anything. So um, I don't think they had any written language or anything. Yeah, actually. But uh, maybe, how did they get their ideas from for the paintings? Mm-hmm. must be what they've seen and what they think, because you don't always get... They always do animals normally and stuff, so maybe they would have seen that. But you don't really get those animals anymore in Guernsey. Not anymore, but then, say, if it was... What was it, 4,500 BC? Yeah, When it was done, then. so that's 7,000 years ago, so I'm not sure what sea levels were like then, so they did used to be lower. Um, we need to check on our map and see was it still linked to mainland Europe at that time and big grass plains with buffalo and different creatures on um, rather than just being yeah. in a separate island like it well, is today. Maybe it wasn't even an yeah maybe it wasn't an island because because you know Pangaea that was just one super continent. Yeah much much further ago yeah, I or know, longer ago the, but yeah. But then yeah it's quite small so would it have been separated? Well, it used to be connected to the mainland. Yeah. It's down at Varzan Beach. There are, um, when the tide's really low, you can see old petrified tree stumps. Ooh. Yeah, from an old yeah. forest. So that would be for a future episode of Curiosity of... A Child. Thank you for listening to Anton Investigates. And now you know what dolmens are. Curiosity. Our next feature is all to do with curiosity, because we're performing brain surgery.
That's right. Uh, but, sorry, brain surgery? Yeah, on you. On me? Yes, on you. Have you ever done this before? Uh, no, but I do have a guide. A guide? Oh, The Horrible Science Bulging Brains Book by Nick Arnold. Are you confident you can do this? Yes. Okay, brain surgery for beginners. There's a checklist of everything we need here. So, do you have a drill? Yep. Good, excellent. Do you have a sharp scalpel for cutting through flesh? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a saw for cutting my skull open? And finally, have you got a cloth for mopping up brain fluids? Shringing that out now. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and you've never done this before? Never. And this is our first ever episode, and it can also be our last ever episode if it goes wrong? Yeah. Okay, and you really want to do this? Yeah. <sighs> okay, here goes. Um, so, so, shall I lie down? Yes, please. Okay. I think we're ready. Okay, all your equipment? Yep. And I'm lying down, ready for the operation. I'm a little bit nervous, Anton, but I trust you. Okay, um, now in this book, it's got instructions on how to perform the operation. So the first thing we need is to actually have a particular operation in mind. Yes, we need to find where curiosity lives. Is it the prefrontal cortex? Or is it the hippopotamus? <laughs> I think you mean the hippocampus. <laughs> okay. So we're finding the centre of curiosity in the human brain. So the first thing we need to do is scan my brain. So we need to use a PET scan or an MRI scan. We don't have much equipment here, but we do have Brennan Blumps' cat. Yes, yeah, so I think that would be the PET scan then. Super duper. Great. And um, is the area clear of germs? Yeah, apart from last week's socks, it's fine. Okay, and you scrubbed everything down? Yep. Fantastic. Do you need to draw a line across my head where you intend to cut into my skull? Mm. And you need to make sure that my head's shaven. Don't need to do that, you're already half bald. So, draw the line. <laughs> Thank you. And then to get into the skull, you need to drill some holes into my skull. So you get the drill ready and go. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Feels weird. Are you sure you're doing this properly? Yeah. Oh, it looks disgusting. Okay, what's the next bit? Okay, um, saw. Am I meant to be anathematized for this? Do you think? What does that mean? Well, so I don't feel any pain and maybe sleeping. Oh, I might have forgotten that. Part. Okay, it doesn't say that anywhere in the book. Great. Okay, well, we've begun now, so let's carry on. So the next step is to you need to saw between the holes that you've drilled and lift up a flap of my skull. Okay, this bit might tingle a little bit. Okay. It more than tingles. In fact, Kind of tickles. I finished cussing. Next, you need to lift a flap of the skull up. There may be some slurping noise as the clear fluid that surrounds the brain bubbles out. Careful with my brain, please. If everything goes according to plan, the brain should be pulsing as the blood squirts through its blood vessels. Can you see that? 
Yeah. Right, Red. Excellent. Do you know what to do next? No. Oh dear. Mmm. I love peanut M&M's. That good yellow turmeric flavour.